0: KYW original podcast. Ray Dittinger, the Eagles 2020 season has come to an end with a 4-11-1 record. It is only the second time in the last 21 seasons the Eagles have had this many losses. The last time was in 2012. Third time in the last 21 seasons, they've had double-digit losses. And this one, 20-14 to Washington, had a lot of controversy in the fourth quarter, of course, with the Eagles deciding to play Nate Sudfeld instead of Jalen Hurts in what was still a close game. Ray, what did you think of the decision to sit Hurts early in the fourth?
1: I didn't agree with it. Uh, I, I think you're still you're still trying to figure out things about Jalen Hurts. I mean, you're still uh, you know you're still trying to figure out if he's going to be your number one quarterback. If he's a guy you're willing to commit to, make the big moves that they're talking about, trade Carson Wentz, move on from Carson Wentz. Uh, and come back next year with Jalen Hurts as your number one quarterback. You, you still have a lot to learn about him before you make that big move. And last night I thought it was a was a chance to do that. You know, they going into the fourth. You know, let's you know Hurts. If you look, if you look at him, I mean, he had he had a good game against New Orleans. He had a very good game against Arizona. Um, he really, let's face it, imploded in the fourth quarter in Dallas. And then last night didn't play particularly well for three quarters, but okay, it's it's a three-point game going into the fourth quarter against a good defense. Let's see if he can, let's see if, how he plays. You know, let's see how he bounces back. I mean, uh, that's that's part of this game. That's part of this game. If you're going to be a quarterback in the NFL, it's handling adversity. Uh, and here's an opportunity to see him in that situation uh, against playing against a good defense that's playing for something. Um, let him go out there and see if he can make the plays and win the game. It would be instructive. I mean, you would you would gather some more information about the guy, about probably the, right now the most critical guy on your roster, and you chose to sit him. Made no sense to me. Um, I mean, I know there's the whole competitive integrity aspect that's uh, that's being argued, obviously in New York <laughs> by the Giants and the Giants fans who feel like. It, he deprived them of an opportunity to get into the playoffs. I really don't care if they're upset. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, if, if the Giants, if the New York fans and the Giants themselves are upset, I'm not going to worry about that too much. Uh, but the, to, to me, it was it was a wasted opportunity. You gain nothing by Jalen Hurts just standing on the sidelines watching the fourth quarter of that game. At this point, the only once you turned the season over to Jalen Hurts, it had to be all about Jalen Hurts. You had to let him play it out so that, in the course of four games you had every opportunity to see what he was all about before you make the bigger decisions in the off season, And to, to pull the plug on him last night in what was then a winnable game to me made very little sense. But there, there, that, that's in keeping with the rest of this season. There was very little that happened this season that made a whole lot of sense with the Philadelphia Eagles.
0: Doug Peterson's explanation afterwards was that he was coaching to win. It was his decision, and it did not come from Jeffrey Lurie or Howie Roseman, and that Nate Sudfeld deserved an opportunity to play a little bit. Uh, Ray, did you buy Doug Peterson's explanation?
1: I actually did. I actually did. Uh, I don't. Th- I, I don't think this came down from Jeff because that's not really his style, um, and I doubt that it came down from Howie. Uh, look. The, this, would Howie rather have the sixth overall pick in the draft than the ninth? Sure, I think, and I think that most of the fans would agree with him on that. But I don't think they—I don't think they—they they told him uh, to do this. Um, I have my own theory about it, and and I think that I think Doug Peterson promised Nate Sudfeld that he was going to play, uh, and that was why they made the decision to dress him for this game and not dress Wentz. I think. Uh, you know, because when you look back on Doug's own career as a player, Doug Peterson was Nate Sudfeld. I mean, he, he spent his whole career as not just a backup, but a third stringer who, did, who got precious little playing time. Uh, and so I think that Peterson put himself in Sudfeld's shoes. You know, a guy that's been here for four years, has hardly played, didn't play at all this season. And I think at some point leading up to this and then during this week, I think he told Nate Sudfeld, get ready. You're going to play on Sunday. You know, you've, you've been a good guy, you've done all the things we've asked you to do, you've earned a right to play, and he promised him that. And it's because that's what he would have wanted if he was in that spot, because he was in that spot for, for 12 years as an NFL player. I really think that's what was behind it. And when he says that we were playing to win, it, what he meant was, we were playing to win, and I was, going to, I was giving Nate the chance to win that game. So he wasn't tanking it. A lot of people would think that he was, and if you – Saw what Nate Sudfeld did on the field. It certainly looked like he was. But I think this was a per- this was a decision that was that was driven by Doug Peterson being a guy who's been in that position himself, wanted the chance to play. And you know I understand how he feels, and I'm going to give him a chance to play. And this is his opportunity. I honestly think I'm sure i sound very naive in saying that, but I think that was the motivation. It wasn't about the draft pick. And I don't think he was ordered from above to do it. I think as a former backup quarterback he just wanted to do something for the backup quarterback.
0: And then so just to clarify then, while, while you do not think that this was as as many people like to put it, tanking, you do at the same time think that it, it, it just made no sense in terms of the placement, the time and place of the game to make this move when the Eagles were still very much in it.
1: No. No. Uh, look, if it had been if this had been thirty five to seven at halftime. You know, with, with with a Washington team that was playing hard to get in the playoffs. I mean, they had everything to play for. The Eagles had nothing to play for. So if they had come out in the first half and they had and they had taken command of the game, uh, and at halftime, Doug Peterson said, "You know what, Nate, you're playing the second half." Then that would have been a whole different kind of decision. But this was a game that was winnable. This was a game where I think you could have learned something about uh, about Jalen Hurts. Um, because frankly, where you look at where this team is right now, um, the biggest decision on, on, on their plate right now is what to do a quarterback. And it all revolves around Jalen hurts. It all revolves around how much faith do we have in this guy? If we're really, really going to move on from Carson Wentz, if we're really going to make this decision that we're, we're, we're done with this guy, uh, guy that we, we made two big trades to move up to draft. The only Pro Bowl player that we've drafted in the last six years. Uh, if we're really, if we're really committed to, we feel like it's over for him in Philadelphia. Then you can't really make that decision without knowing everything you can possibly know about Jalen Hurts. So, if that's the case, he should play every snap for the rest of the season and make and and make this huge decision with as much information as you can possibly gather. To have him standing on the sidelines, healthy. Not playing the fourth quarter of what's a winnable game to me was a wasted opportunity.
0: What's your reaction then, Ray, to the latest noise surrounding Carson Wentz? Most notably, the ESPN report that his relationship with Doug Peterson is fractured beyond repair, and that, of course, the ESPN also added that Wentz is expected to request a trade. Uh, what is your reaction to that?
1: Well, uh, I'm sure you know. I'm sure he's upset. I'm sure he's upset that uh, with the way this whole year has played out. Uh, I'm sure he's upset that he finds out that he finds himself in this position. I understand. I understand that. Um, but the idea that the relationship is is fractured with Peterson, I, I, that part I don't understand. I mean, this idea that, that there's some sort of betrayal here. Uh, I don't understand that. I mean, Peterson. Peterson, to me, I mean, he stayed with Carson Wentz a long time this year. Long, I mean, he let, he let Carson Wentz play beyond the point where a lot of coaches would have benched him earlier. Uh, I mean, he gave him every opportunity uh, to, to get this thing straightened out and to, get, and to turn the corner and get himself playing better. And the fact is, he just didn't. Now, you can point to the other circumstances. You can point to the fact that uh, there were, the offensive line was a mess all year and the receivers weren't very good. Uh, and there were a lot of things that were wrong with this team. But it doesn't change the basic fact that Carson Wentz himself was really awful most of this year. And Peterson stuck with him through 12 weeks before he finally made the change. A lot of coaches wouldn't given him that opportunity. So for him to say that the co- that he doesn't trust the coach anymore, the coach gave you every chance to salvage this season and you just didn't play very well. So that's, you know, that, 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 this idea that the relationship is fractured. Why? You know, why? Um, and, you know, I know we haven't heard it from Wentz yet. I mean, none of this has come from his lips. I mean, he hasn't, he hasn't come out and said this himself publicly. Um, we've heard it from reports which are coming from people around him, I'm sure. But the point is that I think his silence for the last two weeks has been very telling. I mean, he wouldn't have to have called a press conference to come out and deny any of this, but social media certainly exists. And it would have been very easy for him to just pick up his phone and send out a tweet And deny these reports. Say, I don't know where this stuff is coming from, but I'm not demanding a trade. I want to come back next year and compete for my job. He easily could have have sent that message out, and he hasn't. So that tells me that he may have not said these words exactly, but he's certainly not backing away from them. I think he does want out of here, and I think it's unfortunate, but I think that's the way this thing is going to work. I think that's how this thing is going to play out.
0: Well, you just answered my next question. Should should he address it? Like, like you said, you know, he could easily go on social media and tweet something or post a video or do a press conference. It, in 2020 and now 2021, it's easier than ever to do a press conference because you could just get on a video conference and talk to, you know, 20, 30 reporters. Should he address it at this point?
1: If you want, if, you know, if, I don't know. I mean, that's really up to him. Uh, a, a press conference, I don't know, um, but but it would certainly be easy for him. All he would have to do would be just to, to deny the reports, say you know I don't know who's talking, I don't know who's saying this stuff, it's not coming from me, and I'm as far as I'm concerned, I want to come back next year and prove that I'm the quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. I like it here, I you know I've been part of a, I've been part of a winning team here before, I want a chance to compete and win my job back. I'm not looking to leave Philadelphia. Um, he could have said that and he could have sent that message out at any point in the last two weeks. And he hasn't. So, and I'm, look, I'm a wince guy. I've been a backer of his from the time they drafted him. I, and to be honest, if my feeling is I would bring him back, you know, I, I, I think a guy just turned 28, he's healthy. Uh, I think he's still got a lot of talent. I think he's got a lot of football left in him. Uh, I would like to, and I don't know that much about Jalen Hurts right now. I've seen some really good things. And I've seen some things that aren't so good. Uh, to me, there's a, lot, there's a lot you have to learn about this guy before you make this kind of commitment to him. But it seems like as an organization, they're poised to make that step. And uh, I, I, just look at, I just look at last night as, as a missed opportunity to learn a little bit more about a guy who very well may be your big-time future.
0: You think, you just uh, alluded to, that you think that they should bring Carson Wentz back because you don't think that he's done. He just turned 28. Uh, But what do you think will happen? What do you think the Eagles will decide upon for their quarterback situation for the 2021 season?
1: Um, I think they're going to move Carson Wentz. I think it's it's clear with his non-denial of these reports that he doesn't want to be here. Uh, and I think as an organization, they've decided he's not their guy. Uh, And and I think there is a feeling there that Jalen Hurts may be. Um, How much of a degree of certainty they can have about that based on what they've seen so far, I don't know, but they seem prepared to to take that step. And the idea that the relationship and the the feeling between him and the organization and him and the fans, meaning Wentz, uh, right now is not a healthy one. Um, you know, and you still got this, you still got the shadow of Nick Foles looming over him that maybe, maybe it seems like they just feel like it's time to move on. Uh, and so right now, uh, I think that's, I think you're headed towards a divorce, you know, and I think that, uh, they'll in the off season, they'll, they'll be able to find somebody that'll take them. Uh, now you're going to take a, a major cap hit, um, and that's not going to be any fun in a year when the salary cap may come down and the Eagles are already up against it, it's not going to be easy to do, but they can do it if they want to. And it seems to me like they want to.
0: What's the most important thing, Ray, for Jeffrey Lurie to do right away this offseason?
1: He has to rebuild his personnel department. He has to, um, this, I mean, there are a lot of things that you can point to with this, with, with what happened this year. Any, any team that gets to, to, to these depths of, winning just four games, playing in the worst division, one of the worst divisions in the history of pro football. I mean, to come up this small, uh, it's never just about one guy. It's never just about people would like to just make it all about the head coach or make it all about the quarterback. And some people have done that or tried to do that. But what you're looking at here is is a complete organizational failure. But to me, the biggest thing is I just don't think you have a very good team. I just don't think you have a very good roster. Uh, I mean, the injuries were part of it. But it goes beyond that. I mean, this, this is a team where, show me the good young players. You know, show me, the, show me the guys that are your future. Show me the good players, the really, really good players, the real studs that are in their mid-20s, that are going to be the future of this team. You don't have them. I mean, you've got uh, your best players. are, are, are you, know, you start naming who are your best players. They're all guys in their 30s who are nearer to the end of their career than, the, than their prime. So this is, a, this, is a, this is a really, really depleted roster. And for the, for the Eagles to get back on their feet and become a competitive team and a real contender again, you got to start by, re, by building that roster, and that starts with your personnel department, your scouting department, and your drafting. That's what ha- that's what has to change. Is you have to start drafting better. I mean, in the last six years, you've drafted one Pro Bowl player. Six drafts, you got one Pro Bowl player, and that's Carson Wentz. And it looks like you're prepared to move on from him. So. You tell me how, what's wrong with this team right now, and I'll tell you it's about personnel acquisition. So something has to change in the front office. Uh, you you know, you start, you got people in there that can identify and draft good players and bring good players in here. That's the beginning of having a good team again.
0: So just to be clear, is that move on from Howie Roseman, reassign Howie Roseman, or reconfigure those who report to Howie Roseman? <sighs>
1: You just have to do something different. Uh, you just have to do something different. And, and it's, I think it's pretty clear to everybody that Howie's not going anywhere as long as Jeff owns the team. I mean, he, he, he believes in the guy. Uh, and, and Jeff will probably point to the fact that you know Howie Roseman in 2017 was NFL Executive of the Year uh, and brought in a lot of the guys that helped us win our one Super Bowl, which is true. But if you look at it for the most part, it was free agent signings. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't the draft so much. Uh, and, I look, I think that if they want to keep Howie in the organization, if they want to keep him in the fold, fine. I mean, if Jeffrey really feels that kind of loyalty to his guys, which is admirable, uh, that's fine. But you have to look at the whole personnel department there, and you have to recognize the fact that they have just done uh, a really poor job of restocking this roster, not just over one draft or two drafts. We're talking about half of a decade of drafts. So something there has to change. And if Howie wants to be a part of it, okay. But you need to bring in other people there that can help pick the players, draft the players, and bring in the players. Something in, that, something in that part of the operation has to be changed. If Howie wants to be part of it, fine. But I think there has to be other people, new people, new sets of eyes, new criteria and a new way of doing things in the personnel department to get this team back up to speed.
0: Ray, last one for you. Uh, there's still obviously another month or so and change of games to go before the conclusion of the season with Super Bowl 55. But the NFL, with some postponements every now and then, was able to complete 256 regular season games on time before the intended scheduled start of the playoffs. What are your thoughts on that?
1: That's amazing. It, it's amazing. I mean, at the start of the season, I didn't think there was any chance that they were going to run the season through and get it through on schedule and get every game played. Uh, it's, it's an amazing accomplishment that they were able to do it. Um, and even though when those of us that, uh, resided in the NFC East this year with, with these four, with these four bad teams playing really bad football, which was true again, last night, <laughs> that, was, that was a really bad game. Um, I think we kinda of, we kinda of got lost in in the woods of the NFC East and lost sight of the bigger picture, which was how much really good football was played across the NFL this year. Not in the NFC East, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. But if you looked at the league as a whole, I mean there are a lot of teams that did amazing things. A lot of players had great seasons and a lot of coaches did a remarkable job keeping keeping everything together and keeping things on schedule in a year where nothing went on schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I think it was an amazing accomplishment. It really was. And I'm just You know, I'm I'm sitting here like everybody else with my fingers crossed, hoping they can make it through the postseason. But before the season started, I didn't think there was a chance in the world they would get 17 weeks in and get all the games played. But they did, and let's just hope they can do it again through the postseason.
0: Well said, Ray. Ray, I appreciate your insight and time all season long. Uh, obviously, the football wasn't great with the Eagles and the NFC East, but I, I really enjoyed our conversations every week. Uh, we'll stay in touch this off season, and I'm looking forward to the 2021 season coming around sooner rather than later.
1: Well, it's got to be better, Dave.
0: Ray, thank you. Uh, stay safe, and we'll talk soon.